Welcome, one and all, to another episode of The Coakley Kitchen. This is our second episode, which means if you are listening to this, you came back after the first one. Yeah, and if this is your first time listening to The Coakley Kitchen, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I am Mac. And I am Coke, and we are so happy that you're here because we will be talking about one of our favorite recipes. Well, I feel like every recipe that we're going to talk about is going to be one of our favorite recipes. Yeah. But <laughs> I feel like it's still early enough that we can use that term and have it not be overused. And it'll still hold value. Yeah. So uh, today's recipe is called Death Row Salmon. And the origin, as far as we know, doesn't go back that far. Um, it's a very localized origin. Um, specifically, it comes from my mother. Um so, when she wants to make fish for dinner, she usually picks it up from a local seafood market called Hooked, located in Latham, New York. Now, she had had death row salmon before at a friend's house and loved it, and she really wanted to make it for herself. Her friend told her that she got it from a fishmonger who worked at Hooked. Uh, and so one day she goes in there looking for some salmon and she happens to find that very same fishmonger that her friend had mentioned working behind the counter. She told the fishmonger, uh, you know, that she had had the death row salmon and she loved it and she wanted the recipe, but also wanted to know why did the fishmonger call it death row salmon? And her answer was simple. She said, maybe not this exact quote but if she was on death row that would be the last meal that she would want was his death row salmon so coming home knowing that and like hearing that name and description for the first time you're kind of like is this really that good i kind of thought that it was the last meal of like a famous person I could see that, but like, yeah, it's just a very, I don't know. That's a very bold statement to say, like, this is the best meal that I could ever have as my very, very last meal. It is. And you can have anything you want for your last meal. And this is what this person would choose. The fishmonger would choose. And believe it or not, that's it. That's all we know about this recipe. Um, where this mysterious fishmonger got the recipe for, for death row salmon is completely unknown. Um, I've tried that. That wasn't enough for me at first. I, I tried to find similar recipes online that used the same ingredients. Um, a lot of them used honey. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But there's no honey element to this recipe. Yeah. Um, but you know, my search was unsuccessful. As this really is a a one of a kind dish. Do you know if that fishmonger still works at Hooked? I <clears throat> I do not know. Ooh, we should go track him down. We should <laughs> track him or her down. Yeah. Who knows? Um. So I know that's you know there's really not much to it. Um. But what I did find. Sorry. Go ahead. I am curious though if anybody else has ever had a recipe like this. Um, has ever had like something very similar to what we cooked. So go check out the video, go watch us make it. 
Um, and let us know in the comments of the video if you've ever made a salmon dish that's like this because we'd love to know if like you have another origin that you know of for this death row salmon. So far more intriguing than the story of death row salmon is the nutritional value of the main ingredient, which is salmon. So salmon, which I didn't know this, is considered to be a superfood. Now, what is a superfood? Like Superman. Kind of. <laughs> they both have super in them. Mm -hmm. Anyways, a superfood <laughs> is a food that is nutrient rich and considered to be especially beneficial for health and well-being. So why does salmon fall into that category? Well, a few reasons. Number one, probably most importantly, is it's an excellent source of omega-3. So when you think of fat, you think of it as something that you don't necessarily want in your body, right? Uh, the less fat, the better seems favorable in theory. But there are healthy fats on which the body thrives, like the polyunsaturated fat known as omega-3. So a polyunsaturated fat is simply a fat molecule that has more than one unsaturated bond in the molecule. Um, so think about uh, olive oil, for example, which is liquid at room temperature, but it hardens when chilled. Uh, so it kind of has two components to it. Uh, a healthy amount of polyunsaturated fat can help reduce bad cholesterol levels in your blood, which can lower your risk of heart disease and stroke. Huh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we have this segment, right? The nutrition segment and our roommate was a bio major yeah. biochem yeah you're biochem no, right biology Bio okay so on our roommate was a bio major in college and has worked for doctors and everything so she was <laughs> listening to us talk about like the or chris talk about the omega-3 stuff and everything and Definitely we so. invited her to come upstairs into the loft where we record to say <laughs> a couple things yeah okay. i have to like I have a pot of water boiling, but... Okay. Um, so, so she's going to quickly just... Okay. So what are you talking about? You're talking about, like, so cholesterol? We're, so we're talking about the nutritional value of uh, of salmon. So we've only... We just started to cover uh, omega-3 and kind of what an unsaturated... Or a polyunsaturated fat is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was just saying that omega-3 supports cardiovascular health and brain function it can help reduce uh, serum triglycerides, which is a, a bad type of fat, and support overall cognitive health. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, HDL is very healthy to have in your system. Um, you can gain it by eating lots of, again, like unsaturated fats, fish. Um, that's why like doctors will give you like fish oil and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. oh. um, another way to get HDL is just like do a lot of exercise <laughs> and also like eliminates LDL. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's pretty much it. But like having a high HDL, like high density lipid or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know what HDL means off the top of my head. But um, having that is like it definitely lowers the risk of your of a heart disease, heart disease and a heart attack. And it's genetic. So like some people are just like blessed with like high HDL versus others have to like eat a lot more of it or exercise more. Mm. Huh. Yeah. Just, I never knew it. Just any like of that. anyone else that like has a deficiency in something. Yeah. yeah. HDL or like, a, I, don't, I don't know what the term would be for the opposite of a deficiency. Overabundance, maybe? Yeah. Of it, yeah. Um, so 
that's actually a, a good segue to my next point of, of uh, nutritional value. And, Thank you. And that's, uh, it, it has a, it's a great source of B vitamins. Um, so, did you know that a four ounce serving of salmon can provide you with 236% of your recommended daily intake of B vitamins? 236%. Jesus, that that's a, a lot. lot. Yes, but still a good thing, especially because B vitamins are essential for energy metabolism and proper tissue formation. Specifically, salmon contains vitamins B2, which helps break down proteins, fat, and carbs. Uh, B3, which boosts the aforementioned HDL or good cholesterol and also lowers triglycerides. Um, B6, which can boost brain function. And B12, which can help keep the body's nerves and blood cells healthy. Interesting. So, you know, these B vitamins are essential to your overall health. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I I guess um, I already kind of knew about the vitamin B stuff because, um, well, two different reasons. So vitamin B12, I used to take whenever I played clarinet. All the time when I was a music major and back in high school when I was playing clarinet like uh, all the time because that was basically all I did in high school and I have carpal tunnel so I always had issues with a lot of nerve pain in my wrist and then it eventually moved up into my elbow and my shoulder mm-hmm. so my doctor would have me take B12 supplements and then I also know B12 is really huge um, because I was vegan for a month a few years ago and that was something everybody always told me was like make sure you take vitamin b supplements because you don't really get that unless you're eating a lot of like fish or i guess meat but um yeah and i i don't know if it's vitamin b12 i i I, i'm pretty sure it's vitamin b but uh, a lot of people rely on vitamin b for weight loss as well to burn body fat um I guess that would be that would maybe fall under B two uh, B two that yeah. helps kind of break down the things that go into your body, um, kind of transforming it into uh, energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, omega threes and B vitamins are really the main uh, kind of beneficial elements to salmon, but there are a couple more. So the third. I guess element that I have here on this list is a natural antioxidant known as astaxanthin. So on the surface, astaxanthin is a natural antioxidant and a deep red pigment that helps give salmon its vibrant salmon color. But more importantly, it's one of the world's most powerful carotenoids with an ability to flush out free radicals that are 6,000 times stronger than vitamin C and 550 times stronger than vitamin E. And what are free radicals, Christopher? Free radicals are electrons that are that move throughout the body in search of a bond with another electron. And if they once they do, they can cause some damage to cells and stuff. And they scour the body looking for this bond, even if it means leaving destruction in its path. So the next component is protein. Now, this one seems obvious as salmon falls under the same category as chicken and beef basically animal meat and it doesn't take a dietitian to tell you that fish contains protein however not all proteins are the same 
Salmon contains a protein known as calcitonin, which promotes healthy bones and joints. I didn't know that there were different kinds of protein. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I guess now we know so. Yeah, now we know so. Uh, So number five is uh, salmon contains minerals. Uh, Salmon contains a good amount of minerals, such as phosphorus, which is responsible for maintaining healthy bones and teeth. Hmm. And going back to the four ounces of salmon model, uh, I believe it contains a little over 50% of the phosphorus that your body needs every day. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it's a great source. Um, and the last one, um, maybe even the most important one, <laughs> is sleep support. <laughs> um, so salmon contains an amino acid known as L-tryptophan, which is which the body needs to produce melatonin. Mm. So moral of the story, uh, salmon is good for you. But like anything else, uh, it should be consumed in moderation as too many vitamins can have various adverse effects from nausea and diarrhea to hair loss and even mild nerve damage. Oh my god, I didn't know. I mean, I figured if you had too many vitamins, you would probably get sick or, you know, if you have too too much of anything, you always get sick, like, with nausea and whatever. But I didn't know it could cause hair loss and nerve damage. Well, that's just... That's crazy. That's not necessarily the vitamins that are in salmon, but that's just... A general. That's why, like, pumping your body full of vitamin C when you're sick doesn't necessarily mean you're making your body stronger true you're actually like overloading your body and making it work too hard yeah that's a good point um so uh maria has uh a good piece on the cultural significance of salmon but um the last thing i want to talk about before we move on is uh just understanding the difference between wild caught and farm raised salmon oh yeah this is super important yeah so if you have a chance to put wild caught salmon on your plate as opposed to farm raised you absolutely should and a lot of places a lot of supermarkets now are giving you that option so it shouldn't be as hard as it might have once been right where only places like whole foods would have wild caught salmon yeah um right yeah so the the choice shouldn't be that hard. I mean, I, I think wild caught salmon might be a little more expensive, and by a little, I mean like a dollar more expensive than yeah. farm raised uh, but salmon. But it's but it's totally worth it. Absolutely. I mean, the reason that it's it's better is because uh, environmental studies, uh, I think, from back in two thousand nine. Uh, have shown that farm-raised salmon is higher in contaminants and thus can negate some of the health benefits of consuming it um, as opposed to uh, wild-caught salmon. Some of those contaminants include dioxins, which is released when industrial waste is burned, and PCBs, or polychlorinated biphenyls, uh, which was once widely used as insulating material. Ew. So now, not not saying that these are in every piece of farm-raised salmon, but there is a higher risk. But why take of that unnatural risk? Unnatural components. Yeah. Why risk it? Yeah. You know, just save a couple cents. It's not worth it. It's not worth it to put your body through that, um, and to put your body at risk. Um, so buy it wild caught, or go. Catch some salmon. Yeah. Go yeah. to the North Atlantic or the <laughs> Pacific Ocean. Go to Alaska. Catch and some buy salmon. salmon. And do it all yourself. That's, 
probably the safest way. Join Brother Bear. Yes, exactly. Um, so. So as I said, Maria has, um, would like to talk about the cultural significance of salmon. Yeah. Yeah. So salmon is native to the North Atlantic and Pacific Oceans, as Chris already said. Um, So you can definitely find it in Alaska and I guess Northern California. Anyway, they're they're native to the North Atlantic and Pacific Oceans. Um, And people who are my age or maybe a little bit younger might remember the Disney movie Brother Bear. And a lot of that was focused around um, a tribe who lived in Alaska. um, And then they had this relationship with um, like their spirit animals, I guess. And one of them gets turned into a bear, blah, blah, blah. And like this is totally not related to the actual plot of the movie, but a big, well, I guess it kind of is. A big part of it is after he turns into a bear, He's trying to go to where the mountains touch the gods or whatever and or like the spirits. And part of that journey is going to the salmon run, which is where all of these bears supposedly go. And I know that's like I follow a lot of wildlife photographers and a lot of them like to go to certain spots around like in Alaska, particularly where there's a lot of salmon at a certain time of year because they know that they'll also catch bear and be able to take really cool photographs and videos of bears in their natural habitat so salmon is really um i know that's not really a cultural thing but kind of plays into the cultural stuff that i found so to the people of the pacific northwest salmon is part of their entire world it's part of their tribal religion their culture and their physical sustenance so for religious factors um salmon is actually one of the biggest parts of their religion um there's a tribal myth that i found from the columbia river intertribal fish commission um and it goes like this when the creator was preparing to bring forth people onto earth he called a grand council of all the animals and plants he asked each for a gift for these new creatures a gift to help the new humans survive, since they would be quite helpless and require much assistance. The very first to come forward was the salmon, who offered his body to feed the people. The second to come forward was water, who promised to be home to the salmon. In turn, everyone else gathered at the council gave the coming humans a gift. And that is how salmon became known to people. Um, So according to this tribal myth, salmon and water... Um, are the two most essential parts of life. And because of that, they are celebrated and honored at these traditional feasts that these Pacific Northwest tribes have. Um, And it's because they were the first two of this council to volunteer to help the humans survive. Mm. Um, So at these tribal feasts, it's very common for there to be a blessing of water before people drink it. Um, And then it's also common for that to be followed by a prayer of thanksgiving to the salmon before serving it as the main dish. Hmm. Um, So it's just a really big part of their religion and kind of explains their backstory of like part of how they came to be on earth, part of how humans came to be on earth. They really, um, they make salmon 
sound like so much more than just food. Yeah, and there's more too. So beyond it being just a really big part of their religion and of um, what they believe is how humans came to Earth, salmon is also a really big part of their economy. And even to this day, it's still a big part of their their economy. Um, So I don't know when this was, but um, tribes in that area would trade amongst each other for goods and food and artifacts and things like that. And they would use salmon as part of their payment. So they would say like, Hey, I'll trade you this whole basket of salmon for that blanket that you made or something like, you know, they would use it. That's how they got their things. That was their money. Um, so a lot of people who still live in these tribes are still fishermen to this day because it's just something that was passed down from, their ancestors one generation after another. So it's just a really, really integral part of their culture and of their life, like beyond just being a nutritional thing to eat. And I wonder if this was before a time, this started before a time when anyone knew what the nutritional value of salmon was. Probably, yeah. Yeah. So no one really knew like how beneficial it was to your body. It was just a very wholesome fish meat Mm -hmm. that was high in protein and kept you full exactly yeah they knew it was basic form yeah they knew it was meat they knew if they cooked it it would be good and i mean you can eat salmon raw too people do that um but yeah yeah so that was the cultural significance of salmon it's really interesting how there's just so much food in the world that we just think of as simply that as just as food. just food. It's yeah. just nourishment. Um, whereas to a, a very select group of people, it's so much more than that. Yeah. It's and so, that's why yeah. that's why we wanted to do this podcast was to learn new facts and learn more about the ingredients that we're putting into our meals. Like why do we have that as a food? Yeah. You know, it's... For the vlogs, we like to just keep it about the recipe and just kind of banter back and forth. But with our podcast, you know, we like to dig much deeper than that um, because there's there's more to food than the recipe. Um, you know, I, I know that Maria and I are a firm believer in uh, you know you are what you eat, and I just think it's it's important for people to you know not only put good food in their bodies, but to educate themselves on where the food comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, because in, in in some ways, that's just as important. Yeah. So. Well. So thanks, guys. That's all we got for you. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely go check out our video on Death Row Salmon which you can find on YouTube. Um, and if you go to www.thecoakleykitchen.com, you'll also be able to check out our the video if you don't want to go to YouTube for whatever reason. Um, you can check out our latest episode, which was our inaugural episode um, on cauliflower pizza crust with barbecue chicken on top. Yeah, and uh, also feel free to... Follow us on Instagram at the Coakley Kitchen. And if you guys have any suggestions for recipes you would like us to make, 
to research, to talk about, uh, slide into our DMs or email us at thecookleykitchen at gmail.com. And thank you again for joining us. Yes. And we will catch you next time. This is Mac and Coke signing off. Peace. Peace.